Jeff Harding here with PS Tech, and I'm here with another interview. What I have today is a, a wonderful lady who's out there not only utilizing PS Tech and other tools to help herself, to help her own perceptions, but I know she's helping a lot of other people out there as well. She's a gifted author, an emotional healing consultant, an energy worker. She's done a lot of work out there for herself, as I said, and others. So she has a lot of experience, and she has some new perceptions that I think you'll find interesting. And also, I think we'll have a lot of fun with this because we want to go, you know, we'll talk a little bit about energy and those other aspects, but about the practical side to that as well. So without further ado, April, are you there with me? I'm here. Well, I appreciate you coming on with us today and sharing your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. First, I wanted to start out, and we'll also at the end give this as as well. I I wanted to mention if people wanted to find you online, if they wanted to maybe even contact you with a question, those kind of things. We'll also have questions below this on on the PS Tech page. But where's the best place they can reach you? Sure. Find out more about Um, AprilAdams.org is probably the best place because you can contact me through email or Facebook because I definitely engage a lot on Facebook there. But then also AprilAdams.org seems to have whatever my latest project is. So that's that's a good place to start. Okay, very good. So April, A-P, like Paul, R-I-L, A-D, like David, A-M, like Mary, S, like Sam, all together, dot O-R-G. Okay, Perfect. sounds good. So, and not to be confused, don't do .com, do .org. <laughs> so .com is not you, right? No. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. April, first I wanted to start out. You discovered PS Tech several months ago at this point. What was your first impression? How did you, you started using it for yourself, as, as we all have, before we used it as therapists, consultants, coaches, etc. What what was your experience? What, what what you know, how did that go for you? Well, I was finding that, you know, I when I had tried EFT and regular hypnosis and things like that, that it seemed like it you needed to do it again and again and again and again. It was like peeling layers. And with PS Tech, it's like as soon as you get it down to that one or that zero, it's gone for good. So Right away, I was just noticing that anything that I used PS Tech for, it was just clearing it permanently, and it was just so fast and easy, (laughs) and it kind of felt like playing a video game. So (laughs) I'm like, what's not to love about this? It's free. It feels like a video game. It clears things permanently. It's fast, you know, so I was just really excited about it. So that's, you know, immediately I was like trying to shout it from the rooftops because it was so cool. Yeah, and, and the free thing sometimes I think kind of catches people by surprise because it's like, well, if it's free, what's it worth, really, right? I agree. And and um, you interviewed Cash Peters a while back, and he that yeah. was his reaction. He said he said nothing is for free. So he said, what's the catch? You know, what what do they do? Do they sell your yeah. name? Like what? What's the catch here? I said, no, it's like a drug deal. They give you something so amazing for free that you're <laughs> coming back to buy all their other stuff. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if that analogy works well. I don't know. Because, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and, and and I have I've actually mentioned to people. I said, don't be addicted to PS2. <laughs> you know, look for the results. <laughs> Try not right. to. Yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> but okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll go ahead and stay with that. Maybe we'll have to come up with a PS Tech click track to cure the PS Tech click track addiction. <laughs> that that might be a good never, idea. Never. and just for those that may be listening for the first time it's the basic package that is free but actually there's a lot of other packages that tim has put together for free including the most recent mindfulness package there's wealth of abundance which is a free track uh free little track and package as well the uh the cancer free pack package so there are a lot of free ones for those that are listening for the first time i'll i'll put a little link down below about the about the free packages we kind of have them all put together in one place that you can really view a lot of things and, and get access to those but um but those are just the free click tracks now some might say well oh, okay that's not everything of course there's some charge on some other things absolutely and so maybe the click tracks are just like a sampling maybe it's just not the best of it is what's your perception on the free click tracks that come with that basic package well 
my take is really I feel like those are just about the most powerful thing that he offers. I think that he has improved on it. I like the PS Tech 2015, which is just kind of an upgraded version of those click tracks, but I really feel like for the most part, the biggest deal is for us to clear our negative charges, our negative emotional charges around thoughts and memories. And if that's what you're looking for, then those free tracks will take care of that for you. But, you know, of course, after a while, your brain kind of gets accustomed to those, and it's a good idea to sort of mix it up and and not let your brain get too lazy with the whole thing. I'm just astonished that the free offering that he has is just probably one of the most powerful things that's on the website. The creator, Tim Fazakerly, caught some flack for giving it away for free in various ways. Some people were like, oh, yeah, it's not worth it, huh? Is that why you're giving it away? Or, are you crazy? Mm. You shouldn't give this away. You should be charging. (laughs) (laughs) No, for me, it it made me want to buy a whole bunch of his other stuff. So, you know, it it worked for me as far as uh, being able to reward him on some level for, for putting out quality product. So... You know, and I feel like most of the time, anytime somebody's doing coaching work or, you know, whenever you're starting a business as an entrepreneur, one of the first things they tell you is to offer something of value for free to show people what you're made of. And if that's what these, you know, if if the free tracks are his business card, (laughs) then it really does, you know, blow people away as long as they can get past that initial shock of like, oh, well, this is a free offering, then is it really worthwhile? Is it really worth trying? So, Yeah, and I think you mentioned from a marketing aspect, I think that was more of an afterthought or just something that you know happened along per se. I know that his intention initially was he just didn't want any barriers for people to find a solution to, especially the emotional aspects. Didn't want them to have a barrier. You know, here it is for free if you can download, and you can download you know, from almost anywhere in any way. When we're talking about the click tracks, we're not talking yet about beliefs and behaviors and all those aspects, but just about the emotional parts, which you mentioned. Emotional clearing is so important. Give give us a little insight into why, from your perception, this is so important. I, I feel like as a culture, we're all just so emotionally triggered by so many different things and so anytime we interact with another person or we see the news or something uh, comes across our Facebook feed that ticks us off like there's just trigger after trigger after trigger after trigger and we're always going around in this state of defensiveness and, and tightness and resistance and fear so to be able to clear all of that and to be able to move through life in a trigger free way is astonishing considering how triggered most of us are by most things at this point. I've actually put years ago emotional clearing at the top top of my list of things to do in life. In other words, that's always foremost on my mind mm-hmm. because if I put that at a priority and I become, from a PS Tech standpoint, a, P- a click track fiend, <laughs> <laughs> And not meaning I have to click track everything, but if I if I if it doesn't feel good, if it's not pleasant, if it's heavy, if it's not light, I look to click track it because when I do that, it makes everything in life, all the other priorities, if you will, so much easier. Yeah, definitely. I have a list on my in my notepad on my phone of anything that comes up for me, anything I feel emotionally heavy around or any kind of memory that just pops into my head that was something negative. So I just have this little list going on my phone, and whenever I have a moment to PS Tech, I can refer to that list and see, you know, okay, what's top priority right now? Which one seems the most extreme? And I'll work on that until it's gone and just continue down that list. And a lot of times I find that sometimes clearing one thing will automatically clear some of the others without, you know, you don't realize they're connected, but but they end up being cleared, and then by the time you get down to those uh, issues on your list, they're not even issues anymore. You're an emotional healing consultant. Uh, You've also done some energy work. Now, after finding PS Tech and how it worked for you, you started recommending to others that they use PS Tech, some of your clients, right? Yeah, and a lot of them, you know, would try it immediately and just were – 
blown away by the results and have been using it ever since. But a few people I found were kind of resistant in the beginning to, um, well, some people would have trouble downloading it and would take that as a sign they weren't supposed to use it. <laughs> but for whatever reason, there were people who were not going out of their way to go right home and download this stuff. So when I became certified, I started walking people through it in the office. And every single one of them, their jaws were on the floor. I don't think anyone expects there to be anything available that's that effective. So when you come across something that just erases your emotions around something, <laughs> it is kind of jaw-dropping. So that's it's been really cool to be able to see that in person. So it's a different experience than just sending someone home to try it on their own. So you're coming across people with some resistance to... Well, to healing, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think to some extent, in part, it's people just have tried so many different things. Mm. And it just, after a while, you kind of get jaded. Well, this and this and this and this and this didn't work. So why is this any different? And then also the aspect where it's a free thing. So, of course, then people are like, well, how effective can it be if they're giving it away? So (laughs) there are, you know, those things as well as just people resistant to healing. And then the other thing that I've found, too, is that people who have tried PS Tech, a couple of them just recently over the last week, people have been saying, I've been resisting doing the PS Tech because I don't like sitting there feeling the emotion while I'm doing the PS Tech. And the point that I want to get across to them is that, okay, so you may have to feel that feeling for like 11 to 30 minutes, depending on how many times you have to repeat that track. Mm -hmm. And then you would never have to feel it again. So, (laughs) Good perspective, yeah. Good contrast. Having it come up out of the blue at you and having to suppress it again and again and again, you could just spend... 11 to 30 minutes, clearing it, and then it's never going to, you know, pop up and surprise you again. That's really true because a lot of people will look at it and go, I don't want to feel it, right? I don't want to feel that feeling, or I don't want to look at that memory, or I can't remember the memories, which is actually the subconscious in most cases trying to block it. Right. So the willingness to look at everything and anything, now the willingness, in other words, the willingness that says, I'll look at anything, I think is really important to make this as effective, efficient, and as fast as possible. Because if you're willing, it's going to be so much easier. But when we resist and we fear it, then it gets, becomes hard. Not because it's hard, but because our perception makes it hard. Our resistance makes it hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you look at our culture and what we're taught about our, especially our negative emotions, but our emotions in general, when we're babies and we're crying because we're either in pain or we're hungry or there's some need that's not being met, we're immediately shushed. When we're toddlers and we're dancing around, we're, you know, told to settle down and, you know, you can't, you're not allowed to have temper tantrums. And then when you're a child and you're trying to express your thoughts or beliefs or opinions, you're told not to talk back and you're not given the tools to have a constructive conversation. So we have to learn, you know, we we learn to suppress ourselves and most especially to suppress our emotions um, and our negative emotions most of all. So when it comes to then as an adult trying to heal yourself, having to sit and actually feel those emotions that all our lives we've been told were bad is kind of difficult. So you have to almost give people permission to feel those feelings. You know, and before I got into PS Tech, I actually created a guided meditation on feeling your feelings that actually walked people through feeling into their bodies, feeling into their emotions in their bodies, and just letting those feelings and sensations be there and express and sometimes they would even do that with pain and I found that the more they allowed and accepted it and let it just be there the faster it would just dissolve and go away so that's you know another level to all of this is with PS Tech you're not only doing that but you're also clearing the emotional charge around it permanently so (laughs) it really hits a lot of things on the head all at once yeah, one of the things, even with the free click tracks as well, is it 
Tim's tracks encourage the recall of those memories, of those feelings. And if you get into the accelerator tracks, that can happen even more quickly and more in more, you know, a larger volume, if you will. So, yeah, we're definitely not encouraging people to fear the emotions. You know, I always tell people to look for Jeep, joy, enthusiasm, excitement, and peace. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm in those emotions, it's a good indication that I'm beginning to connect with my higher self, true self, my spiritual aspect, my greatest resource. Okay. Yeah. Because when I'm angry, I'm definitely not connected to the greatest of what I am, am I? (laughs) But it's not a fear of what's not Jeep. It's just a matter of if I have anger, if I have frustration, if I have fear, that's something that gets in my way. That's an indication that I'm out of whack. I'm not balanced, right? Definitely. And so this is just about neutralizing or disconnecting that judgment of the person, place, or thing, including ourselves, right? Yeah. That we're afraid of. And that includes the the, the emotions. So that's a great point, the permission to feel the feelings, to allow the feelings, not to be afraid of them. And if we're afraid of the feelings, and I've done this many times, if I'm afraid of the feelings, I can go ahead and have somebody click track. Imagine having the feelings come up. Don't actually let them come up, but just imagine they're coming up and go ahead and click track imagining allowing the feelings to come up. I love that. That's really cool. <laughs> you might also, we might also find that in a person that has a particular memory that's just yeah, really, you know it's foundational, right? Yep. Cornerstone to a lot of things, and yet there's, there's this wall built around it like we don't go there. So again, I, we can use the click tracks to now basically give us permission to identify, target, look at, etc., that memory and others as well as the feelings. So good point, and I think that's a good thing that I think a lot of people can take away from this. It's okay to feel the feelings, right? Yeah. And just one more caveat on the click tracks, that, but we don't have to feel the feelings. And what's imp- really, really important, and this is almost 50-50, give or take, most people think they have to feel the feelings, but they don't. They just have to try hard to feel the feelings while they're doing the click track. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I realized that. Because I do have yeah. some, some people who say, well, I have trouble bringing up an emotion around that or, you know, especially if it's something old. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's great. That's really good news, actually, because to be able to, you know, take that weight off of people's shoulders is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things as we listen to Tim is, and my admonition is, take him literally. (laughs) So when he says try hard, try as hard as you can to feel that, he means literally just try hard to feel it. He doesn't say feel it, but just try hard to feel it. Now, a lot of people do feel it, and that's fine too. But for those that don't feel it, like you just described, that's okay. Just try hard to feel it. And there is a difference between the two. Yeah. So you've done a lot of energy work, spiritual work, working like as an energy worker, spiritual coach, I, I guess. And, and I, I pulled that. I, that might not be the word for you. but Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing over the last okay. uh, seven or eight years is, you know, energy work, um, life coaching, things okay. like that. Cool. Yeah. Good, good, good. How does PS Tech fit into more of the esoteric aspects? energy work, spiritual work, because PS Tech, and you and I chatted about this a little, is a little more psychology-based, and that's Tim's intention, is to work real heavily with the subconscious where a lot of what motivates us, you know, it's the things we do and we don't know why we do, we're not even aware we're doing it quite often. It's more really working with the subconscious, if you will, and those kind of aspects, and the mind, but then you have the energy and the spiritual side over here, it seems like they might not mix well, but, but what's your experience? How does, that, how does that work for you and your clients? Well, I really do feel like when you clear something from the subconscious mind, it heals things on so many levels. So, you know, when you clear something subconsciously, especially an emotional charge that you've been holding on to for a long time, your mind controls your body, and so your body begins to heal 
because a lot of times we not only hold that in our subconscious, we hold on to it in our bodies. So as soon as we clear that emotional charge around that, it, it heals the body. It heals you emotionally. It heals you spiritually and energetically. So, you know, wherever you are energetically holding that um, in yourself, that clears too. So there's just, even though consciously people are only working with the the mind and the subconscious and, and it's a focus on the psychology, it still works on all of those other levels. And I have found that even though for the first, you know, seven years or so, my focus was primarily on the energy work and mindset and, and things like that, that the messages I was getting intuitively that whole time were all about focus on the mind, focus on the subconscious mind, focus on being able to get into deeper brainwave states. Like it was all like I got pointed to the mind again and again and again. So this, you know, I feel like this is kind of the culmination of everything I've been working with so far. And it's a way to be able to share it with everyone, whether they're into energy work or not, whether they're spiritual or not. So it's, it's the perfect tool because it, it clears all of those levels without having to necessarily consciously address those levels and uh, acknowledge that aspect of it. I know we look at healing energetically. For the most part, I look at the energetic imprint that we have or the output that we're producing energetically, etc., as more of the symptom, not a symptom, but but an expression, I guess you could call it a symptom too, of what's going on within our subconscious and our mind overall, not just the subconscious, but the conscious and the superconscious or spirit, higher self, all those kind of things. And, you know, I've worked with people that tried to heal energetically but not heal the mind and get kind of stuck in a in a cycle. Because if the mind's not healed, you can feel good energetically for a while, but if the mind's not healed, it'll just reproduce that, quote-unquote, bad energy, you know, the, the uncomfortable energy over and over again. Is, that, that's is ex- that what you're seeing? That's exactly what I was experiencing over the last okay. several years because, you know, what got me into energy work in the first place, what got me into spiritual work and all of that was all of my life I've been obsessed with romantic love and, you know, everything having to do with that. And so every time a uh, relationship would get to the point where the honeymoon phase was over, I would be literally devastated. And so I've spent the last however many years trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me. Like, why? (laughs) You know, for, for the first portion of my life, I always blamed it on the other person because they were the ones to end the honeymoon first. So I was like, well, you know, and I would just go looking for the next person who would give me that, that honeymoon phase. Um, but it was them over and over and over again who would end it first, and then I would be devastated. So finally, um, after being suicidal over the whole thing, I was asking myself, why does this always happen to me? And that's when I realized I was the common denominator in all of this. So I started doing the work on myself. And I did mindfulness work, I did energy work, I did, you know, a lot of spiritual stuff. And and so I would get a little better and a little better and a little better. I cleared any addictive tendencies toward the chemical rush having to do with, you know, the honeymoon phase, all of that stuff. But it kept coming up. And every time I would interact with my partner, I was still thinking, why aren't you flirting with me more? Why aren't you... (laughs) Uh, why aren't we having more sex? Why aren't you trying to seduce me? Why? You know, and just like, yeah, yeah. And so because of my background, I could then redirect my thinking. I could ignore it. I could, you know, I could practice a lot of mindfulness and, and energy work around it, but it wasn't clearing. So that's really what's led me into, you know, what I came to talk to you about today is the process that I used to finally permanently and completely get rid of those questions running through my head every time I looked at my partner. Very good. Add to that, what you're describing is kind of funny. And in Think and Grow Rich with PS Tech, I shared this with that group, my little path called, I call two and a half divorces. (laughs) And it's almost identical to what you're talking about in terms of sitting down finally. and, And two and a half is a play on because the third one, we weren't married, but we might as well have been. Uh, It was the same type of aspect and the same wording. 
the uh, I found out, figured out, okay, in those relationships, I was the common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> and once that was healed, the, the aspects of the relationships of, oh, I need this and I got to have this. And I was in relationships looking for something that I felt I didn't have, that I was lacking. Yeah. And it was there all along. I didn't need anybody for it. Mm -hmm. But what it opened me up for was a relationship that I've been in now for almost 10 years where it's it's ideal. And so I share that story on there um, in Think and Grow Rich with PS Tech. I'll have to send you a copy as well. You'll find it interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And you know, it's funny because that's kind of my number two where I've I've had, you know, like three major relationships in my life mm -hmm. where that was what played out. So. Fortunately, yeah. my half, you know, because I had two and a half, <laughs> my half is actually <laughs> someone that I'm still with. It's, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So it, it actually, I was able to save the relationship by doing all the work good. on myself. Very good. Yeah, I had to kind of remove myself from all relationships for a while. Yeah. I was, um, which was probably the best thing for me at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have a partner who was understanding and could kind of remain zen throughout all of my freakouts enough to oh, okay. be able to stay healthy and support me through that whole process. But most people, I think, would have probably, you know, ended things yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Something you had mentioned, you said, I recently happened upon a major clearing practice people can use to get to the bottom of their biggest issues and utilize PS Tech. So what what, what, what do you have in mind there? What's Yeah, so, what so like I said, I was really obsessed with the whole like romantic aspect of my life. So I happened hmm. upon a book by Jack Morin called The Erotic Mind. And this guy is a sex therapist who okay. helps people to get to the bottom of their regular everyday life issues by looking at their sex lives. And okay. so, you know, the healing kind of goes both ways. You, <laughs> you look at your regular life and heal your sex life with it. You look at your sex life, heal your regular life with it. So a lot of times we as humans use our sex lives and our love lives to try to fulfill needs that went unfulfilled when we were younger. So... Right. Um, what he has you do is write down your top two favorite sexual fantasies and your top two favorite sexual memories. So, you know, if you look back at your sex life as a whole and there were two moments that you can come up with that were like, geez, I wish that every time I had sex it could be like this, uh, as well as, you know, like what are your fantasies and, and all of that. And then once you've written those down, you boil them down to kind of a theme um, and what emotional needs are being met in each of those scenarios. So in your fantasies and in your memories, what were the emotional needs that were being met there? And then for me, when I did that process, every single one of them was about being wanted. Mm, I needed okay. to be wanted with a passion and an intensity. And <laughs> 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 so... I used another psychological trick. Apparently, they use this in AA, and it's, you know, a common psychology practice to ask the question, when was the first time? For me, when was the first time I was unwanted? Also, part of that question sometimes can be, like, did your parents want you? And so I was like, oh, holy crap. I was an unwanted pregnancy. Mm. So at my very conception, I was unwanted. And okay. I just like had full pills and I was freaking out going, oh, my gosh, this is it's so ridiculous. That's insane. And fortunately, by the time I had gone through this process, I had PS Tech as a tool. So then I went through the timeline of everything I could think of, all of the times I had ever felt unwanted. So I went through. I was an unwanted pregnancy. I, uh, my parents divorced when I was one because they only got married because of me. So I probably thought my dad didn't want me. And then my mom was a young mother, and so she would make me play by myself a lot. So I thought she didn't want me. And then I would flirt with five-year-old boys to try to get attention, and they didn't want that. So they didn't. And then everyone I had ever gotten into a big romantic relationship with ended the honeymoon phase first, and they didn't want me. And so I used the emotional charge from the most recent thing, so with my current partner and all of the times I felt rejected there, 
and then used that with that entire timeline. So I was feeling that feeling while I went through the whole timeline of all of that. So were you doing a click track on each and every memory separately? No. So I grouped okay. them all together. I was kind of inspired by the um, the wrapper track. The click track 2015 yeah. package. Yes. Yeah. So he okay. has a wrapper track in there, and that made me realize you can group moments. You just can't right. group emotions. So I just started not using the wrapper track <laughs> and using the regular click track sort of as a combination click track and wrapper track at the same time. Good. So I just told oh, my okay, brain, okay. we're going to do the, clear this whole timeline at once of this emotion. And so I did that, and I got up and went about my life, you know, not feeling a whole lot different, but also not really being able to pull up that emotional charge. But then when I would interact with my partner, I was like, I'm not thinking those thoughts anymore. You know, essentially those thoughts boiled down to why aren't you proving you want me? And... Yeah. That was completely gone. So suddenly, wow. for the first time in nine years, <laughs> I was able to look my partner in the eye and, and not have those thoughts running through my head. And Very cool. Oh, okay. So you, you're at this point, you've already been with your partner for nine years, right? We've been together for ten years, but of course, the first year was that honeymoon phase. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and I've... then the other nine years have been like me going, where the hell did it go? So... Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, so just like two months ago, I did this process, and I can't believe, like, she she is suddenly behaving the way that I was hoping she would behave <laughs> all those years ago, like, and it's because I'm no longer energetically putting pressure on her. I'm, I've no longer got that mental loop going, why aren't you, why aren't you, why aren't you, and so I'm just interacting from a place of freedom and love and openness and and so she's reacting to that and we've become what we used to be just automatically and I'm not even attached to it you know it's not giving me the same um, overwhelming charge it would have once given me either like I'm just kind of like this is nice this is really wonderful it's not like oh this is my life force and I need this to survive thank god it's finally here it's like this is just, it's wonderful, it's lovely, it's, you know, <laughs> it's flowing. So, yeah, so I like to share those steps with people so that, you know, and once again, just like with Jeff, like, I want people to hear that for free. Like, I want them to hear that story and know, like, these steps can work for anyone with anything. I mean, the whole writing out your sexual fantasies and memories and stuff have nothing to do with the fact that I had a love slash sex issue, you can use that for anything because your fantasies and your sexual memories and desires point to what your underlying needs are that are going unmet or went unmet when you were in a very developmental stage. So it's about discovering that groundwork of what's missing for you emotionally and to, you know, be able to dive right into that particular emotion or issue and, you know, then using the other tools to clear that. of Like, when was the first time that that need wasn't being met for me? And then clearing the whole timeline of everything you can think of related to that particular, you know, feeling or emotion that, you know, has been missing for you. It's powerful stuff. Thanks for sharing that, the, the intimate parts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that because it's really helpful. It's quite often we deal with things that are maybe a little taboo or a lot, mm-hmm. or just depends on the person, but embarrassing, right? You know, etc. And oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that openly because that's what's really the transparency is what people really need to see, and sometimes in order for them to take that step as well to to clear this stuff. Now I do want to go backwards a little though. When you started having this aha about, as you went through this process, and again, you said uh, the name of the book is Erotic Mind by Jack Morin, correct? Yep. Okay, so anybody can Google that, probably Amazon, etc., right? Right. So you're going through the questionnaires and whatnot about looking at sex life and fantasies, etc., and the emotional needs that are wrapped up in there. Now, when you had that realization of not being wanted or 
put it another way, not feeling wanted, I guess, would be, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, the perception of not being wanted. Exactly. That's really what it was because I was wanted. It just wasn't to the degree I was wanting or expecting. Yeah, because you had a definition of what being wanted looks like. Yes, and it wasn't happening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and as a side note, this is a great example of how our minds can manifest what we truly believe in. So if you believe you're not wanted, you manifest that experience from the outer world. Yeah. From what your inner world is 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 uh, projecting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I was getting chills. So that was being, you know, kind of confirmed soul-wise. Absolutely, because yeah. I, yeah, I want to highlight that at the end here, but I wanted to start at the beginning part where you looked at, okay, I got all of these experiences, right, in life, starting from, <laughs> con- well, from conception, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way through till about two months ago, right? Right. When you saw all of those memories, was that a little overwhelming? Like, how am I, because quite often people will go, oh, I got 10,000 memories, how can I do this? <laughs> how, what, what was your kind of, how did you look at that? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of a thrill seeker, so (laughs) I don't tend to have that sense of overwhelm when I'm doing this kind of work and I've been doing this kind of work for about seven or eight years. So for me, it was like, oh, wow, you know, look at all these examples of something I can clear. So, you know, but I understand that a lot of people kind of get overwhelmed by what it is that they have to look at and, and what's there to be cleared and all that. I was more just excited. I was like, look at all this, look at, you know, <laughs> look, I yeah. get to clear. So. <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect uh, <laughs> characterization because, and quite often if someone goes, I'm overwhelmed by all this, I'll have them click track the overwhelm. In other words, imagine all this stuff you imagine, this never-ending list. I, I can't, I'm looking, but I can't see the end. Imagine and try hard to feel that overwhelm that, oh, you know, whatever it is you're feeling, click track it before you start or consider start so that you can move in rather than with an overwhelmed, oh, my God, how can I do all this perception? You can move in with one like April's that says, the thrill seeker one that says, yes, oh, God, I got an aha. I can't wait to work on this and clear it up and see what's on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I love that idea of clearing the overwhelm and stuff because I do have, you know, some clients who – do tend to get overwhelmed by things like that. And because I'm such a thrill seeker and I'm always ready to do the next step and I, you know, I want to do the work, it's hard for me to understand someone who doesn't want to do that or is, you know, overwhelmed or put off by it. So that's a great tool for me to be able to offer them so that they can get to the place that I'm at. (laughs) Cool. In their mind, there's so many reasons for them not to want to do it, and one great one is, well, if I don't have all these problems, you know, what am I going to do? I don't have any excuses to just sit around and not do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, Things like that, yeah, you know, yeah. secondary gain. There's definitely, you know, also people who get attention for being sick or, yep. you know, get attention for having their issues. So there's just a lot of reasons that, you know, people find to find value in their right. their woundedness. So once you saw this and you targeted this this whole theme of not being wanted and you were uh, bundling a lot of memories that had the same kind of feeling and theme, that that's all you did, basically. You didn't really do any belief work, per se, with PS Tech negative or positive or anything, did you? No, I, I didn't do anything to program anything new in. It was more just okay. releasing the old stuff. But I've been doing a lot of work on myself for a long time. So I wouldn't be surprised right. if, you know, some people need a little bit more guidance beyond this, like just doing some mindfulness work to watch their negative thinking so they don't reprogram themselves with, you know, what right. they just deprogrammed. Um, and, and also, yeah, just adding in what it is they do want to believe now. I just didn't find that I personally needed to do that step because my only issue that was still there around that was that track I had playing in my head. So once I was able to clear that, (laughs) then everything else (laughs) fell right into place. As you got to the end of that and you're, now you're having a new experience 
or maybe renewed, depending how you look at it, mm-hmm. maybe completely new, even though you had the honeymoon before, in the very beginning, the first year, like you said, I think, and, and well, you tell me, is this quote-unquote little beginning of this new honeymoon period, is it different, though, than the first one? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, we're both, we know each other more. There's um, there's more intimacy on a lot of different levels as opposed to it only being um, like sexual intimacy or, you know, that, that initial um, limerence phase of just being, you know, crazy hormonally for each other. There's um, just a lot more emotional maturity and strength and knowledge of each other and ourselves because of all of the work that's been done between then and now um, and who we've become so that we're no longer having to be defined by the relationship and, and how it looks. Have you discussed with your partner this change and not the change, just the change in you, but the change in how you perceive she treats you, you know, how, how she interacts with you? I have not. I was curious what her perception was. She doesn't like it when, <laughs> oh. when I try to, when I, when I pay attention to her behaviors and try to interpret it in some yeah. way, like she, right. oh, don't shrink me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we tried a lot of different things in the beginning and she, you know, whenever I would try to check in with her and go, well, how's this working for you? And how's this doing? And she, she didn't like that. She's like, I just want to live. Uh, I just right, want right. to go about my life and not have to interpret every little thought, every little thing, every sure. little reaction. So, you know, I have mentioned to her the work that I've done and how I have felt, but, you know, I've been kind of careful to not go too deeply into <laughs> how but you But you have a different experience in your interaction with, with your partner, right? Yeah. This is fascinating because... What I usually tell people if they have a relationship going that's not going well is to shift their own perception. In other words, clear away the things that are bothersome, mm-hmm. not not with the other person, but within themselves. Right. And as you shift, your perception, your energy, etc., rises up, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as it does, a person can rise up with you. That could happen, and that. Sounds like initially here what is going on with you with you guys is yeah you know you're both rising up together or the, the person may you know you, you you may you may be done with that experience at that point because it's no longer working uh, you know there's there's not a match there if you will of right. energies right right yeah. yeah I think that you know as we've gone along throughout the last ten years it's like when things were first in a negative place she was more zen than I was. So even though she's not metaphysical, she's not spiritual, she has a very Buddhist attitude about... Like, Just kind generally. of, if you will, a natural one, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So okay. she was able to just kind of calm and hold space through most of what was my extreme freakout. And then I began doing some of the spiritual work, and I kind of um, paced her a little bit. I was a little ahead of her um, energetically or whatever. Right, and right. and then she would get a little ahead of me and I would get a little ahead of her. And even though we were doing the work in completely different ways, we have managed to continue growing alongside each other. So we're not necessarily on the same path, but our paths are definitely, um, you know, running parallel to each other. Right. And, and you know, my wife and I, I mean, we're, she'll, she'll say it over and over again. And she says, we're so different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, which might go against convention, but then we always do that anyway. But but the key here is that, and this just my perception, that the two of you are close energetically in terms of your oneness, not just with each other, but with the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not about favorite movies, and which is usually the basis for a, an initial honeymoon, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, we have so much in common. We like this and this and this. But that stuff never lasts. Right, right. But when we share unconditional forgiveness, unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, which sounds like she was doing while, as you said, borrowing your words, as I was freaking out, she was still there. Mm -hmm. She was offering unconditional love. But also her complete expression of it wasn't allowed, per se, because of your blocks. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was there was certainly, you know, some things that 
that needed healing for her as well. And I think she's still kind of processing that. There were things from her past that kind of made her shut down at a time when we were really getting serious in our relationship and committing to each other. You know, she kind of shut down at that point, and that's what made me freak out. So it was, you know, we were kind of feeding off of each other with our blocks and our issues and and all of that. Yeah, so it's very interesting to watch that whole process play out and to see how each of our individual issues and growth play into the whole process. Yeah, and what's happening is when you don't react on your end from your being needing to be wanted, it gives her the space to heal her need to shut down if if confronted, yeah. probably. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Wonderful. Good job. And just to emphasize again, that's that's what I was trying to emphasize to people. If they're in a relationship and they're not in danger, use the relationship to heal. You never know what might happen. And it sounds like that's what you did. You used some of your experiences with her to heal your side, to heal within your mind, your perceptions. Yeah, and I mean, that's the only piece we can ever change is our own side of things. So, you know, I mean, I followed her around for three years going, what the hell happened? And that got, you know, neither of us anywhere. But when I was able to start shifting that the work to myself and the focus on myself and my own stuff, that's when things really began changing and healing. It was just, for me, a very slow, steady process of having the issue come up again and again and again and again to have to heal all the different layers of it until I got to the PS Tech piece and then, you know, well, the sexual fantasy and PS Tech piece to kind of get to the bottom of that primary issue that's been driving me my whole life. That's when it finally just was like an instantaneous, like, boom where I feel like most other therapies and most other ways of going about healing yourself are very slow and tedious and it kind of gets frustrating after a while because you keep thinking, oh, you know, maybe this time I've healed it and then it's back again a couple months later. Where with this, it feels like this is just gone. I can't find it anywhere (laughs) I've gone looking for it, and it's just not present. It does not exist anymore. So that, you know, that's the first time that that's really been the case in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I, I found, too, that throughout this process, as I've gotten into doing, you know, the spiritual work and, and all of that, I kind of shifted some of my neediness from my romantic relationship into my professional life. Because for a while there, it was of the utmost importance to me that I had a ton of followers to prove that I was wanted. (laughs) So that's disappeared, too. Like, now it's just like, I just want to help as many people as I possibly can. Very nice. Like, you know, I had some level of that. That was certainly part of it. But there was also, like, I need these people to prove something about me. Uh, So (laughs) this... so alternately healed that because that's disappeared too even though that wasn't even part of my thought process while I was PS teching it but now that the unwanted is gone I'm not going about all of the aspects of my life going okay how can I get people to prove they want me you know the statement that keep your business and personal life separate (laughs) I think that's kind of futile (laughs) okay It doesn't work that Especially way. Sorry. When you're an entrepreneur, like that really, you know, if you're running your own business and you're building yourself, oh, yeah. like there's no way to separate yourself from that. Yeah, it's always interesting when I work with people on business aspects, you know, invariably we end up uh, talking about mom, dad and other things and it's like, what's that what's this got to do? What's business got to do with what happened to me? Well, everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh-huh. it's it's interesting. It's fun. And I just wanted to emphasize again, because I think it's fascinating how your experience in your relationship transformed. In other words, just shifting your mind shifted everything. Mm -hmm. It shifted how the relationship works and how it runs and those kind of things. And that your perception truly does determine your outcome here. Has it made the relationship boring without all the drama? No. (laughs) I think maybe had I figured all this out early... It might have been, but because I've kind of also worked through the addictive tendencies for me, you know, with the early romance stage and stuff like that, because I think that was part of it for me, too, 
was just yeah. the addictiveness to the chemicals that rush through you when you're newly in love. You know, like I, I think that was part of my indignancy to like, why wouldn't anyone else want this for the rest of their lives? Like, how can people stop wanting that rush all the time? Because for me, that was the ultimate rush. That was when I felt good. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned the twelve-step program and this whole thing. You know, it's an addiction too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're all yeah. addicted to something. Absolutely. Well, and there's a fellow that I read his book and I knew him uh, years ago and uh, he specialized in addictions. And one thing that he said is he says, there's always a poly addiction. There's always multiple addictions. And ultimately, one of the addictions, even those, and he worked with people in AA and whatnot, invariably, most of them were always relationship addictions. Mm -hmm. All right. We got some good stuff here. I appreciate you Again, being transparent, really sharing with people your personal experience here, how you're using this with your clients. Uh, the little tip here on the erotic mind, we had a little sex talk. I don't know if I can say that on, you know, well, I can. It's, it's our recording, so who cares? And uh, <laughs> and making yourself available there with your website. Again, if people want to find you, it's uh, April Adams, A-P-R-I-L-A-D-A-M-S dot org, O-R-G. Gosh, I appreciate you taking the time, April. Do you have anything, any last words to add here for everyone? I just really, I love PS Tech and, and what it's done, and I honestly feel like, you know, Tim has come up with something that can help anyone heal, and healing the mind is the most important, hands-down thing that we can do. You know, the um, something I shared, I created a meme yesterday and shared it on Facebook, that the absolute most heroic thing that we can do is to work on our own stuff. And so <laughs> this is, you know, it's, it's world-changing stuff because if you change your own stuff, your own vibration, your own mental issues, then you have so much more to offer the world. So that's, you know, it's PS Tech is like the key to being able to, you know, do what you came here to do. Absolutely. Great point. And um, I appreciate that. Again, thanks for uh, coming on with us, taking time for us and for everyone listening. If you all enjoyed our erotic mind talk here, <laughs> down below, please uh, at least put in a mahalo for April if you need to contact her again. Want to follow her, see what's going on? It's uh, AprilAdams.org. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, April. You. It's been a pleasure. It's been really nice. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take good care, everyone. Aloha. <laughs>